Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. Dr. Serene, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. I missed you so much, and we just talked for like 20 minutes off air about a whole lot that hopefully we're going to cover in this. But how have you been? Well, I've been busy. I've been living and uh, doing several things. I'm fine. I missed you too. A lot, a lot. And here at Virtual Kiss. You look fantastic. Thank you. I like the, I like the jacket. You see? Listen, look. <laughs> it's a time travel you know it looks good well what it we just talked about so much topics i don't know what you want to hit first but i mentioned to you i wanted to talk about a couple of things that i've been getting interested in and mostly it was recently nasa had released a recording of a black hole i don't know if you've ever come across that have you, you happened to see that at all well i i saw it did you what, what are your thoughts on it well, uh, what do you want me to talk? Uh, let us start uh, about what is a black hole for your audience, for your people that... Uh, a black hole is an enormous amount of mass that is packed into a tiny volume. And this will uh, lead to a very huge gravity, okay? Uh, it can be a result uh, of an implosion, explosion, uh, sorry, explosion of a huge uh, star, okay? Then it's the leftover. Having said this, what do you want me to, 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 to talk about? The, the, the voice, the, the sound, yeah. uh, the, 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 the cosmic uh, music? Um, that's, that's the thing is that for a lot of people, when you explain what a black hole is, people say, oh, yeah, everything just – anything gets, goes into it, it's just it's nothing anymore. So it makes it kind of sound like that there – and we can't trace it. Light goes into it. Sound goes into it. When you really start explaining it, it sounds a lot – more mystical and magical than what I guess people really get from it. And I kind of started analyzing the term a little bit more, and I kind of looked into the Big Bang. I've had a couple panel discussions about it. Now, in the beginning, when there's all this noise that was created and eventually started fading off when we start seeing galaxies and things that we have today that we can analyze, there was a bunch of this UV that was in the very, very beginning. And now, I started kind of hearing this from Neil deGrasse Tyson, which I think is pretty interesting, but insects can't see UV light. And then you have humans that can perceive it. So I'm wondering if there's things in a black hole that much like a sound or a frequency we can't perceive that are still going in there. So maybe instead of atoms just separating and kind of going apart, it's just something that's beneath a different layer. Thank you for clarifying your question, because what do you think about that voice for the that recording in the, in the uh, black hole? As usual, it's a huge topic. Okay, so there is always, um, there was uh, in the uh, in the public uh, confusion about a black hole. A black hole is never a hole. It's not the emptiness, actually. When a black hole is uh, created, it is really very huge mass. It will attract everything, and it will becoming really um, bigger and bigger when it eats, you know, that gravity will attract, and it will eat things. Uh, even light. When we say even light, then when you are attracted to the black hole, things and matter goes there. So if you go, you are a matter. If I am a small matter or I am, I am a light, light is the wavelength and matter, and I go there, okay? So I go there means that there's something there in the black hole. 
So the black hole become bigger and bigger. The, the more he ate, I will, I talk to black hole as a person, the more, and I decided that he is a man. Uh, so the more he ate, he will eat, the more he will become bigger and bigger. And as we know that the matter is frequency and everything is frequency. And as we know also that a frequency is related to a voice, to a note. Every frequency is related to a note. So if we imagine a black hole, the more you come, you penetrate the black hole, the denser it will be. The denser it will be, the voice of the black hole, the music in the black hole, the frequency in the black hole will change. So this is excellent, formidable, magnifique what we heard, because it will show us from the frequency we can uh, learn more and more about the composition of the black hole. This is like, like, like having a travel penetrating because I don't know if you know, my dear friend, that we cannot go and travel in, in, inside the black hole. We will be like torn apart, like, not, you know, like directly. So this is an indirect way to travel the black holes. And when you mentioned that we were like 20 or 50 years ago or 80 years ago, we were unable to observe in infrared, in, in, in UV. And we have to discover, to, to create, to think about, uh, to be very creative, innovative, to see how we can go and observe the black hole. Now we had another matter, another way, sorry, to discover the black hole by indirect. You know, when we observe a star rotating around a black hole, the speed of the star, you know, will um, will uh, change. And when we have the LIGO with the uh, gravitational way, we see we can see also if there is a formation of a black hole or something like that. Um, those are ways. But now with this music for our ears frequency we can go penetrate is the mu is the music pure though because it doesn't sound need matter to be able to actually conduct this by in space you can't hear anything so if you're in space and you're trying to get pull out measurements is that accurate so yeah it is an excellent question because it's not a wave sound those are uh, waves observational wavelengths it can be several uh, like x-ray or whatever wavelengths translated physic with physical equations to what would have what would look like if it was a sound wave so we are hearing what is a, a black hole now, is that just because technology has gotten better to be able to pick up frequencies of that sort? Well, uh, it's yes and no. It's because we can, not just technology, it's because we can, uh, mathematical equations are better known, um, how we can transform things. And uh, if you know, we have several languages to talk to the space now. Do you think it's like the way you just broke it down for me, I would call that a better science education than probably what a lot of the public gets through TV and television. And I feel like with a lot of this, the message just gets lost, um, whether it's from someone that has to do public speaking events to a crowd or it's even better if it's online or in a documentary. I feel like that's more beneficial. But a lot of times if we do talk about the space subject, it is a lot of the UAP discussion type stuff. But there's a lot of message that gets lost in translation. And I feel like it can easily be broken down, much like how you just broke down a little bit for me about the sounds that we're picking up from a black hole and also sounds that we can pick up from space. 
I'm sorry because you suffered with me with the technology of uh, offline. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, there is a very beautiful also image, sound image of the HST field of view, deep field of view, where we can hear also the space. And I really suggest to your uh, fans and viewers and auditors to, to listen to the space because we translate also uh, the galaxies and the stars, uh, faraway stars, into sound. It's exactly the same things. Those are the wavelengths that we observe in the sky of the galaxies and the stars, and we translate translate them to notes to our ears. And it is fantastically beautiful. I uh, mentioned this with my buddy Haystick, who's a radio astronomer in Africa, and we were talking about funding issues. And I said it, a lot of this is just because the public is completely disconnected from the whole space program or space ideas in general. And I see what you do on Instagram as well, too, where you're talking about a lot of interesting things and making great videos as well, too, that you can find on your YouTube channel as well. But I think that's important because then people that are just of the average public and necessarily don't look into this as a study can at least spark up an interest into it. I mean, most of the stuff that floods the Instagram now is like astrology related stuff, but it happens to be with like horoscopes and you know things of this subject and stuff which got me interested and honestly i saw some of your videos you're talking about conjunctions of planets or alignments and i was like oh did she go down the she didn't go down the horoscope route did she but it seems like you're doing it in a more scientific way um talking about the planets. but this is a big discussion that's happening here, and i've heard this from psychologists i've had on the show that talk about the moon being in whatever it is happens to be affecting people's attitudes and personalities and i'm just like i don't know if that's true but Good God, I don't know how worse I can get. Well, um, thank you, Robert, for saying this because it is a really, really, really problem. And I'm very serious. And um it's 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 becoming a major health, mental health issue in the Middle East. And I never thought that I would really be talking about this, but uh the the moon the planet conjunction it was really something that is fascinating normally you know and uh, when the planet like venus or, or or jupiter are aligned or for example now in the 28th of march we will have conjunction of five planets imagine how beautiful is that we will be talking about this later on but after the uh, the horrible earthquake that turkey and syria and lebanon had uh, in the beginning of the um, february march or february I had a lot of people listening to astrologists and to the people, the clairvoyant and medium ones, and they are really was where they were not sleeping in at their house after. I have really uh, uh, from my my family and from friends they were calling me if they sleep at the car or on the street because an astrologist or a medium, or someone told them that because of the conjunction of the 7th of March of, uh, uh, I think it was Jupiter and Venus, they will have an earthquake. And it is really impossible. And this conjun uh, conjunction happens every 13 months. And because of the full moon, the, the crust of Lebanon and Syria and Turkey, just that, will move. And they were listening to them religiously. And I was really telling them, please, people do not, they don't like to listen to science. They really like to be afraid. I don't know why. And, you know, and there is someone who was talking about the center of the earth will stop rotating. 
And, you know, it's just like, no, be like this. It will stop because it will decide to stop, you know, and and well, explain it's a, to it's them. It's a Russell's teapot discussion. If I tell you there's a teapot floating in outer space, you can't prove me wrong and you can't prove me right. Yeah, but they would like to, they would prefer. So if you wake up tomorrow and they will tell me that you had this dream that, I don't know, uh, you will fly and, and we will have like, uh, I don't know, uh, I do have uh, that aliens will come. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, me too. And it's a beautiful <laughs> dream. But we'll have aliens that will come tomorrow and will have a tea, tea with us or a coffee. I don't know. Damn, and because really? you, yeah, I'm I will in. tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of course, I will be the first one. Who, but if I will tell you that the center of the earth is made of um, melted iron, nickel and iron, that it is a dynamo uh, made with magnetic uh, poles, uh, and every 1,000 to 10,000 years, those poles will shift like the sun. It will shift every 11 years. The sun will be, you know, and they don't want to understand. And if you tell them that, no, you will not have a um, uh, seism and, and earthquake, every conjunction of star, of planets, they will don't, they don't want to. And it was really, they were just waiting for every day, the astrologists to tell them, you know, Jupiter will enter the constellation of the uh, balance area, poisson, moon, donkey, duck, pay attention. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was listening to it. I was like, I've heard some of these, and you went to duck, and I was like, I haven't heard that one before. No, seriously. Um, no, it's it's what I honestly it's, it's like we're reverting back a little bit. And I am a science guy. I'm a big science guy. I'm also a little bit like into the whole. You know, I like I don't really do religion. I'm an uh, atheist. Um, I do religion. I am religious. I but I enter the more discussions about like some types of ideas and things of this sort. But there's a real ethical concern, which is the fact that some people might be very profit. This might be profitable for a lot of people to go tackle the astrology route. And the dangers of that is that people that end up like certain situations where mediums will take a bunch of people's life possessions to talk to a dead ancestor. And that's a real big danger when the public starts going there. But you start reverting backwards to a time where we did talk about like if you didn't do your daily your haze and your hymns that an earthquake was going to happen and kill your whole family. And it's like, no, that's not how it's working right now. There's probably a scientific explanation behind it. And we have tools to measure that now, but now it's kind of like, are we giving is the mainstream or is the news giving too much of a platform to some of these discussions because it can be seen as profitable, but it is fear. Fear is very profitable for a lot of media outlets. Now I do think like, it's interesting to like talk about and listen to and hear their perspective on things, but it's hard to know if someone's actually in belief of what they're talking about, or if they're doing it because they know they can get something from it. And that is a real ethical and serious concern that we need to have, which brings up trust issues where people are just going to be in fear even more. Well, well, I'm in science. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a person who is very spiritual, but in science, there's no belief. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm not saying that we know everything in science. This is why science and research are so beautiful, because you don't know, you learn. But until now, uh, uh, for at least for the earthquake and for science, uh, we cannot we cannot know if an earthquake will happen before, like 20 seconds before it happens. So listening to that, sorry, stupid person that comes to the TVs and pretending that like two weeks before the 7th of March, telling the people of like 60 million person that who will they will die in an earthquake on the 7th of March. That didn't happen, by the way, because of the conjunction. 
Yes. They said accurately, like how many people were going to die? No, he said that there will be a huge earthquake bigger than the one that happens in Turkey. And we know that it was really horrible on the 7th and 8th of March. And he pretended to say the magnitude, 6.8 or something like that. This person is a charlatan, a liar. And you know, and when you when you tell them, you go, you tell them with science that even Japanese people, which are the best equipped people in science, they cannot pretend to know, to say that they know before 20 seconds. What you are saying is the magic word, fear. TVs and governments and people love to be in fear and to have the power on people, they want fear. Well, it's it's a profitable system. That's the sad yes. thing about it. Yes. When you go and tell them, please go and sleep in your houses. When I go to the TVs, when I do my, my podcast, my three minutes explaining. And I said that this person who said this, I will not say his name. He know himself. He has to be in jail. Because you know that several people in, in Lebanon and in Syria uh, was really afraid that they got some heart attacks. Some people have their jaws from uh, from fear that were not able to eat anymore. They are under, uh, you know, uh, um, processes to be able to eat again because of fear from 6th, 7th to 8th of March. Can you imagine? And now they are pretending that because of there's a conjunction of planets, there will be a huge thing that will happen in the Earth. There's a danger in that, but I, I will stick with on the lines that I do think he should be able to say what he has to say. I just question the platforms that are giving him the platform to be able to say that, especially a news station. My issue with the, the freedom of speech type deal, and I know that's like an American thing as well, mostly um, – about America, this country's freedom of speech, is that when you ban one person from speaking, it might seem right, and I would agree that it would be right to make sure he's not convincing these people and making people who might be a little bit more superstitious into basically fearing for their lives. It's a horrible thing to do. But then anybody could then be put in that position where I could be saying something that could be true, and then they could just take my speech away or lock me up for something that I might say. And that's like the really sketchy area when it comes to media relationship with like the government, for instance, like the government can easily appoint someone to a platform, a media platform to be able to talk about the serious science, give an actual full on hour where someone can break down so much and give exactly the same time. I agree. But they give them compacted time. So you have to say what you have to say in five minute bits or 10 minute bits, and you still might have eight other things you want to mention, but now they're going, we're going to move on to the next subject and they end up showing a horrible disaster or something like that. I mean, I, I work out at like one o'clock in the morning and on the TVs, they're usually playing something like natural disasters or just something insane where it's like the top 10 of this happening. And it really makes you question like, what is going to, like, what is going on? So when someone does come to you and say that I have a feeling that something bad's going to happen, just don't drive your cars. It could be miraculous that they're right. And honestly, I don't throw out the discussion that some people might feel something uh, off arthritis is a good example if you have arthritis at any point any any parts in your body you will feel when the weather the humidity changes there's just something weird scientific about it that if you have like arthritis like people say like i feel like it's going to storm in my knee 
that sounds stupid and an old superstition, but there is actually a scientific research that arthritis, it's about the humidity change. There's something that affects your bones. Now, it doesn't mean you can predict the storm, but it just means that your body is feeling something. So when we talk about these discussions, I think there needs to be like an ethical concern of like, is this person doing more damage than they're doing good? Does this person believe in what they are speaking? And a lot of people, what I would call prophets of... I wouldn't call it lies, but profits of deceit. It necessarily they might be doing it for intentional purposes of saying things to make people freak out and feel like they're getting all the glory of being like, hey, I'm alerting you to all this worship type deal. But then there's a real thing of like people are just spouting things off that necessarily they might have confused. I'm at fault for doing it at times too. Certain government stuff, I'll say a date that might be wrong or a document that might be wrong. But the public's what I'm worried about. Because it's not my just my country, but other countries. And it's a lot of people that get put in a position where they expect to turn on the television and get the accurate information. And look, I'm okay if you're wrong, but if you're putting somebody up there that starts pulling out a crystal ball and saying, I'm going to predict your future. I'm like, hang on a second. Like, I know that's popular on movies and stuff, but we don't have to do it on news and expect to actually get a correct answer out of that. Mm -hmm. uh, let us not mix uh... Let, let me be clear. Thank you for, and again, uh, clarifying my ideas. Uh, I, I really want to be really very good understood. I don't mix intuitions. Sometimes people have intuition and they feel things. And it starts from me. But when, when, as you say, we play with the life of the others and with the fear in a way that whole countries are really looking at you and and one, two, three, four times you are wrong. Six, and the platforms are here. And what bothers me, the they, they, they can live their life, okay? But what bothers me the, much, the most is that those platforms do not give a chance for the real scientists to really say if it is truly good to be afraid or not. We, we we cannot predict what nature what the nature will do unless that there's an asteroid will come now and we are all dead, you know. It's well, and even though we can predict, we can we can catch the asteroid. I mean, I, no. I had to we, knock on wood. I had to knock on wood on that one. You just jinxed us right there. We can we can just observe an asteroid if he's coming. We can know, but I mean, you know, it's just this. What's happening? You know, it's really annoying me. And this is just only in the Middle East. I don't know he, in, in the United States, but I know in France, no one listened to those people. Now, is, has it, I mean, from the last time we talked, I mean, how bad has it really changed? Like, do you find that people are more sensitive because of some of the disasters that they've experienced? Yes. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot, okay. a lot, yeah, a lot. Because there's a, we don't have, I mean, we still have superstitions over here. There's plenty of those. Um, But like, there's something that's going around over here. I don't know if it's hit over there, but it's when the moon's going through these cycles, there's like psychologists that I've talked to that have been experiencing with people saying that they feel different. They feel like their moods. It does link to the horoscope thing, which is like, it's, it's a little bit difficult to understand, but I mean, I don't know if it's, it could be a simple of the weather as well, too. We've had some really strange weather, not in a sense like it's like, like you got to record it because this has never happened in history. The skies are red or anything. No, it's just like we've been having wind, rain. I have no clue what that is. Uh, it, if it's an environmental thing, it's putting people in a mood. That makes a lot of sense to me. I don't know if it's because of the planets aligning or anything of this sort. I just think it's 
I think it's more of like a if it's more of like a, a internal issue when it comes like the earth goes through fluctuations and changes all the time. You can't predict when those things are going to happen. So when you have something where it's like a weather that goes from 20 degrees yesterday to now 60 degrees today, that is insane. But it's nothing where it's like, you know, you're going to get I don't know if you heard this during the pandemic, but they said the blue moon or whatever it was that was happening. Well, there's a certain population ethnicity that was going to get superpowers because of the moon. And I I heard it and I was like, that sounds nuts. But now we're actually in a discussion now where it's almost three years later. And now people are talking about the moon going through cycles is affecting their personality, their mood and their wants and their interests. And I just don't necessarily know if that's a correlation or any scientific evidence that you've come across. Hmm. Actually, uh, I will not talk about the weather because I don't have enough data. I didn't. I will. I will study this. Um, I'm collecting for, uh, temperature, wind all over the earth to be able to talk about it because, um, well, in the in the UK, it's like cloudy fifth fifth or no seventy five percent of the time. They get like two days of nice weather. It puts you in a crap mood because it's there's no sun. You Always. need sunlight. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm 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 talking about how it is changing and versatile the temperature. I will I will look at the last two hundred years for for the average of the European and the Middle East, and I will do my study because I want to know if it's related to the solar action activity or it is the um, the weather and sorry the the atmosphere and the, um, the you know eco friendly ecosystem and and uh, those stuff. So I I cannot answer because I don't have the data yet and the result. As for the moon, as for the moon, um, well, the name blue moon, pink moon, harvest moon are the names, uh, normal names that our ancestor called them like this. It is just when we have a full moon that will happen on, for example, the beginning of the uh, autumn or the beginning of the spring or the summer. Uh, there is no other meaning like this. For example, I, I remember that the pink moon was the beginning of when the flowers would blossom, uh, the harvest moon when it's about time to, to, to go to the fields, you know, it is nothing just like that. The third point that you talked about is the influence of the full moon on the uh, brain, on the humans. This is the only astrological, astronomical, sorry, 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 the only cosmic object that influence physically the earth directly with the sun okay so uh, other than apart from the sun the moon is really uh, has an influence on the earth because it is a, a re relation of newton f force is equal a constant g m1 times m2 first mass second mass divided by the distance squared having said this this means that two masses comparable masses uh, with a certain distance, if they have the fair enough close distance and fair enough close masses with the, the, the Earth and the Moon, and they are so close enough, they have mutual influence, force, mutual forces. So the Earth influenced the Moon and the Moon influenced the Earth. This is why we see tides on the oceans and on the uh, seas and on the water. And as the human body is made from 70 to 80% of water, when we have the full moon, the full moon will influence on the water of the human. So I read years ago, I really forgot the name of the paper, 
psychologist and uh, uh, psychiatrist made a paper exactly on uh, patients that they have those uh, crises and those um, uh, kind of, uh, they cannot be really, they, they are not themselves on the night of the full moon. And it is said to be uh, that if a woman is pregnant and she will give birth, um, and this will be more often percentage on the full moon, the water will break more on the full moon. This is the only influence that a celestial object has on the earth and on the uh, human being. Is I don't know if I answer your question. Is that because gravity? What, are, what is that? Yes, it's a force of gravity. It, it, it's the pull, the force that is yeah. pulling. Yeah. So you can tell by the oceans that the gravity is affected because the tide is changing a little bit. When it's exactly. Yeah. I mean, scientific basis to it. There's just, it's, I, I don't know if it's because. I mean, we have a lot going on, not just like over where you guys are, where you guys had a giant earthquake, which already puts people on edge. But we're in a part right now where our government is now talking about UAPs and some of these subjects as well, too. And when you talk about this type of stuff like UAPs and this, this type of discussion, when you start having things like planet alignment or you're starting to be able to see certain things that happen, a blood moon now becomes – ramped up in their head to be something bad the blood part really gets taken away from the word and then you know it's a changing from what their normal moon necessarily is i mean there's a lot of this now where i think people aren't just paying attention more but i think they're paying attention because of the fact that they feel like this could be like an apocalypse and that's always been there but it's been a very small very small minority population that would say something about an apocalypse coming the tides and all this type of stuff that now has hit the platform and now that the platform, it seems to be all over the place where like you have Fox News or CNN over here that would broadcast something about this moon affecting that could be one in a lifetime situation. And that's when people go, oh, my God, it must be the end of times. And it's like, no, it's not the end of times. But there is a lot going on in the news about certain things that were wrong for so long, which I mean, it's not the fault of scientists or researchers. What the fault is, is of the government when it comes to secrecy. There's a lot of things like Area 51. There's a lot of things that we have been known now. So now where we're talking about it and we're showing it in the media, the government acknowledging aliens, what? Like when that bill was passed and it was just like – it was just like uh, – so what else did they not get right about or what else did they lie about? And now it's put everyone on edge to where the point like I'm seeing UAP conferences and I'm happy for the UAP community because that's what they've been fighting for and trying to get released. But the issue is, is what it does to the public's consciousness, and it puts people into mass hysteria, and that's a very big issue because then at any point, anyone could have the answer to your solution. Well, um, once again, great topic. I don't know from where to begin. Anyway, well, um, I have a question. I wonder, I was wondering exactly why now, well, now, like a few years, one, two years ago, um, and now we we are starting to see a lot of UAPs. Come on, it's very weird. Like for when I started to do astrophysics, like twenty three years ago, you know. Um, you started when I you were three. Yes, this is it. <laughs> Thank you. And I I when I use even to talk about uh, exoplanets or even extraterrestrial life. I, I I cannot say this word between scientific uh, my colleague you know I you know she's yeah. and even if I said like uh, area 51 oh you read a lot of conspiracy theory you know you read a lot of science fiction don't watch movies but suddenly 
suddenly we are seeing every day uh, UAPs and, and they are talking about it. Well, this make me th makes me think that one, it's there's something human made. We are not stupid. Come on. Come on. You know, it's not written la poste like Frank I'm with you on the government tech. I've, I've been talking about a lot of this stuff for a long time. Yes. So it's it's something that human made. And second, I'm not into conspiracy theory, but then we will talk about what is a conspiracy. And second, they are diverting the population and the people from something else. Because why on earth, I don't want to say big words, bad words, why on earth they are just bombarding us with UAPs every day? Well, for, for 50 years, 70 years, 80 years, everyone was called stupid and, and, and uh, crazy if he was saying, I saw a, a UAP, you know, and now it's normal. Yeah, they are. They can exist. And people who used to talk about the Area 51. No, don't. And now they admit because, as you, as you generously, generously told me, because of the uh, the called Freedom of Knowledge Act, you know, Freedom they information admit Act. Information Act. They admit that finally it exists. So I don't know what's happening there, but there is somewhere in on Earth, like everywhere. Like I think that it's not the uh, the only place that there is something happening we cannot know. Is it just technology made by human? Is it just alien technology? We don't know. As a scientist, what I'm sure of is that there's something happening by technology, human technology. And the second, we don't know. Let's start with the technology by humans first. And we'll talk about that. And we'll kind of go down your little list a little bit. Look, you got a list for me. That's awesome. I, I can break it down a little bit. But let's start with the idea or question, is there life in the universe? Nobody's ruling out the possibility of life in the universe. Honestly, there is life in the universe, not just us. There is other life. We have found microbials on another planet. Whatever your basis for life is, we have to define. So like when people talk about life in the universe, they think of aliens. They think of things that they've been shown through sci-fi movies and all this type of discussion. Well, there's already little microbials, things that you can't see, bacteria or something that could be in a pool and on another planet somewhere that you might not even know about or we might not even found. So you don't rule out the possibility you'd be stupid to out of the infamous infinite size of space to rule out the possibility of aliens now the question is have they came here well back in like the 70s and things of the sort they launched a bunch of stuff into space the voyager record a bunch of things in hopes that it would reach an alien and then we had i think a lot of this discussion got brought back up when avi Loeb came out with the Oumuamua comet i think it was interesting i don't know if it was from a lost civilization or not but now that 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 kind of broke down the barriers, I would say, for the UAP discussion to come in. Now, what's interesting is when you look at the Freedom of Information Act and you look at what was requested and what was released, if you go to these websites, the FBI and the CIA, they have plenty of documents on UFOs, things that have been going back from the Cold War. But back then, they were told to write down specifics. What did it look like? What was what was the weather in the area when it came around? A bunch of different things like give me every detail of that night when they filled out this report. A lot of the descriptions do look like UFO saucers that you see in movies. Some look like black triangles. Some look two dimensional in shape. There's a wide even John Lennon went on his balcony naked and saw a UFO, he said. So there's a lot of like this cultural kind of it's there. 
But the question is, what is the technology? And honestly, people go, well, they had this in the 80s and they had this in the 70s and they had this in the 60s. So we know it's UFOs because our technology didn't compare. I go, you don't know what we had. That's the point of secrecy. And it's about understanding and defining what that secrecy is. Now, through my discussions with names like Larry Hancock, who runs the Scientific Coalition of UAPs, that guy is strictly documents. He'll tell you it's government tech. And he's been through a bunch of this stuff. But he does all these UFO panels, and whenever I talk to him about this, we start looking through some documents, and I can tell you that when you want to know what the government's up to, their technology is a little bit more advanced than you. So it makes you question, why are they showing them like crazy? Why are they showing every minute UFO, 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 after they denied Area 51's existence, after they denied that these things even exist, after shaming a lot of the pilots and people that made documentaries about them, the U.S. Nimitz? The encounter that happened on there, they completely just, no, your story doesn't matter. It's invalid. Even threaten people's careers to keep secrecy. So now they're going to go and do the whole reversal of the 180 and say that these things do exist. That makes me say it's government tech a little bit more, and it's not just government tech. It's something that they've been working on that they don't want their adversaries to have because you mentioned this to me when we talked two podcasts ago before I hit 1,000 when the bill first got passed. You, you talked about why is Australia or whatever releasing all these government documents on UFOs and like America only released like 15 pages or something like that. Nine. Yeah, nine pages. And like two of them are like indexes on the pages. Yes. Well, it's because they don't – whatever we release, it goes over to the other country as well too. They're going to be able to access that. And if you know about the intelligence game that's been going on between every intelligence agency all across the world and how they've been stealing each other's information and spying on each other and they still do that today, it makes a lot more sense of why the UFO and the UAP discussion and why there's so much publicity on it is not just to cure the public's interest but also to gather funding a little bit. And I know that sounds like, what? How could they? Well, they're not lying to you. They're going to put money into whatever, but they're going to also find a way to actively be able to get funding. And I know this from diving into, if you know about Watergate in the United States history, it was a giant scandal that happened. Well, the church committee is one of the most important things. When you look at what the CIA was actually funding into, wiretapping, mail intercepts, uh, agent provocateurs, uh, fake magazines to get people to just go crazy and insane, invading COINTELPRO is a big example, Operation Mockingbird, where the FBI influenced with media sources the media they had covert assets in the biggest magazines uh, time life magazine which was really big back then and there's plenty of documentation to show that's still going on today but when you find out that they're doing all that and then you look at what their budget was their budget was never published because they have all these offshore little organizations and things that they fund they've been using taxpayer dollars to do that without your knowledge and that was exposed in the 70s that's well documented now if you get to the front aspect today they're just doing the same thing but now they don't have to hide it and worry about a scandal being caught they're going to look into uaps but they're going to put a lot of the money that they get into something else and it's going to be looking at what this foreign intelligence might be or this type of equipment that might be of a foreign adversary that's my idea, though. I don't, like I said, that's my thoughts on it. Wow. Well, and who tell you? Who tells you? Who told you that this technology is not proposed or made initially? And now this will be the first time I will talk about it. And I think that I will kill my scientific career. <laughs> One second. <laughs> for the light 
Yeah. And so I'm saying, and I will kill my scientific career, okay? <laughs> Who will tell you maybe, I'm saying maybe, that this technology is not proposed by aliens? Oh, I haven't thrown that. I haven't. I haven't thrown that out either. I I put that in there, but what I put higher is the government tech because I can look at a track history record of the government knowingly lying to the American people under whatever they call intelligence or national security, and I'm more likely to believe that it would be a government lie. Okay, and the second point that will kill my scientific career is there's a French uh, astronomer researcher uh, called Jean Pierre Petit. Uh, and he is still, he, he is, I think that he is in, the, in his 80s, and I really respect, because he was not afraid to say that he is receiving uh, scientific ideas from, <laughs> from uh, aliens. Out aliens, yeah. And he is publishing uh, very consistent models in astrophysics to explain um, dark matter, um, black holes, and stuff. And he said that uh, this this is a point. Second point that he claims he worked in the sixties and the seventies uh, in Russia. Uh, that was the USSR by then, with very eminent uh, scientists on a model, magneto hydrodynamic model (MHD). And he said that they had a model of a technology that can fly in the same way or at the same velocity of the saucers that you are seeing nowadays. So this is to confirm that by that time, we have prototypes of very high speed uh, planes or UAPs or whatever you're talking about. So it's a very complicated way to, to fly. It is, if I remember well, uh, it's a way that can make, so imagine that this is... Um, the element's called element 115. Uh, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's a dynamical, it's a magneto hydrodynamic. It's without any sound. It's very, yeah. Is that, there's a guy, Bob Lazar, if you've ever heard of him, he's been debunked a little bit by the UAP community, but he was talking about it. And Jeremy Corbell has, I mean, a lot of the stuff he talked about working at St. Alamos Labs and all these types of things and explaining a lot of these saucer disc things. Yeah, he he, he said, he, he, will, he will, just let me finish the idea just to give him honor because I really respect this guy. Uh, he, did, he is disrespected in France, you know, can you imagine with you? So, um, he said that how he used to, they used to do it, they will empty the, the, the medium. And when you empty the medium, when you will, we will move, you will go fast and fast. So they found a way to empty in a magneto hydrodynamic way, and they moving, they create a model to move. This is why the sausages and the sausage, the saucers that you see, they are, they can move in a non noise noiseless way so and he said that um the technology that he uh, there is a, a population that came from a 40.4 light year star away that population is called umo those uh, those aliens came on the by the 60s 60 64 to the earth and uh, they they were they did a lot of uh, travels back and forth. I'm not saying that I am saying that I'm reporting. Uh, 
and uh, they are here now. They are numbers. They stay here, and he is publishing their papers in science. You believe aliens? I don't say I believe. I don't use the word believe in science, but I say that we will be stupid to think that we are alone in this universe. Yes. Do you believe or do you think or understand if they've came here yet? Uh, I don't. It, it's like God. I don't I don't have anything to say no. I don't have anything to say yes. So I just I'm open to any proposition. You can take, I mean, you, you can take away the academic layer and just give me your own personal. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to, I would like to, I would like to think it's a combination of the two. I just haven't seen any good and I haven't really researched or, I mean, besides researching government history, I've seen a lot more evidence to show that it might be government tech in a sense, but I don't dislike, I'm the one guy that was more balanced in approach. Like whenever I, I've had UAP people, I had Nick Pope from ancient aliens on here. I just, I talked to, I want to know about the type of stuff, but I want to also know why so much is being kept secret. Cause now you have this disconnect. There is a large issue with people that either bully the UAP community, or there's people in the UAP community that just fight each other all the time because they don't agree on certain specifics and certain details and certain accounts. I don't think it should be like that at all. Absolutely. But it, well, a human stay a human. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but when you have such a disconnect like that, the conversation becomes so myriad where it ends up hitting so many different people that everyone starts going down these individual echo chambers. And it becomes an issue because then we actually can't have the conversation about stuff and just bring up different points and perspectives and share like we're supposed to be doing. And that's where the biggest disconnect is because then everything always points back to someone's lying and then you can never have a full-on conversation again. And it, it, it really – it's, it's it just puts pressure not only on people, but it also people that aren't interested into it and they hear a bunch of information. They start going, oh, my God, I got to believe this. And it's like that's that goes back to our discussion earlier about the person believing they can predict earthquakes. Yeah. So so, you know, you, I, I will tell you why I am. I'm not afraid uh, why I am so conservative in saying my my opinion, my it, because I'm not sure. 100% sure as a scientist, but I, I'm not 100% sure of the opposite. So, yeah. And I don't want to have this label of conspiracy. You know, nowadays, if you give your opinion that is against the opinion of the mainstream or whatever, you are a conspirationist. And this is really sad. You know, you have to, to, you have to fit in in all things, you know, everything. Everything. You cannot have your own ideas, your own. You cannot be authentic. This is really sad. You can be authentic with me. I mean, I'm. No. Yeah, yeah. I know. But sadly, with people out there listening, obviously, anybody could take it which any way they want. But I mean, if you're take take your all your whole academic thing, you're just talking to me as a human being, not as an academic. I mean, if your personal beliefs and your thoughts and emotions. See, we don't knock religion in the sense when someone says that they're religious, no one goes, oh, you're a fool. But if you say you believe in this, then people say you're a fool. If you believe in UFOs, if you believe in government tech, if you believe in any of this type of stuff. And I'm like, the issue is the word conspiracy, and we need to define it as such. Conspiracy is real legal language. It's conspiring to do another crime with somebody else. Now, it gets labeled to a lot of things, and the way that we've talked about it in this world is now it gets labeled to things that would be identified as fantasy. Now, when you use the word conspiracy, we need to understand that what you're calling it is fantasy. If someone says something like, 
that's way out there like the earth is flat there might be some people that believe that that's fine but that's more in the fantasy realm than what we can talk about when it comes to real lying and real cover-ups real government things that i've been able to see a cia heart attack gun which anyone can go find on youtube I thought that was a conspiracy, and then I'm watching the video, and it is true, and I found the documentation that they use shellfish toxin as bullets or fleshettes that go into someone's skin, and within 24 hours, they go into cardiac exactly. arrest. So exactly. the idea in the umbrella of conspiracy is much like the idea of national security. There are serious secrets that you need to keep secret. Those are intelligence operations where an individual is involved in overseas. And they might be at risk. So now you're putting a person's life in danger by exposing that. But then there's MK Ultra, which is the usage of LSD by 44 college institutions to drug unwitting, unwitting civilians and other people because they kept it secret and they destroyed the documentation on it. It was a conspiracy for the longest time. And all those survivors got labeled as conspiracy theorists, and they're now finally starting to get some redemption in the aspect that we now know historically MKUltra was real, but we don't know how deep it went. That's the danger in being 100% anything. If you're going to step up to the table on a discussion on something, you got to come to the table clean. Come with your perspective. They come with theirs, but you have a conversation because if anything, if you're wrong, at least you weren't like, I didn't totally rule it out. Like, it's not like a hundred percent bad thing. So having the discussion is good, but also saying your thoughts and feelings about things, that is your thoughts and feelings and nobody should ever shame you for doing so. Hmm. What What is really dangerous, I'm, I'm very happy that you mentioned those examples that they are really shouting examples, so clear, like crystal clear, you know. What I'm sad about it is, of course, conspiracy theories, a conspiracy person, conspiracy stuff, conspiracy scenario are horrible, you know, the real ones. But what is considered that conspiracy now is labeled to put you in a box to 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 prevent you give give to give your opinion to say that you have a question mark on something that is not logic now you are labeled conspirationist for example if we can, if if i can talk about the latest um thing happened to the humanity and we were obliged to stay at home and we were obliged to have this kind of you know and when i said that well, when I said that, but this kind of thing that they are going to be putting in our, uh, the, it uh, was not tested. It was not. And I was the conspirationist. Don't, don't go that deep into it. You can just keep it vague on that one. Well, we get you. Yes. Yeah. You, you see what I, you see what I, this is how I was saying. So I was like, uh, I was like crazy. For example, here, uh, I, it has been like one year and a half that I came back to, to Europe. I was like for for nine years in in Lebanon, going back and forth to Europe and states, and and I feel like I cannot say my my opinion. I, it has to be like if we are a group of ten or twelve, they are talking about something. I have to say yes to the majority. Otherwise, oh no, Cyril, conspiration, conspiracy. If I don't agree with the subject that you know, I will not say. What is you know, on the subject of the, the yeah, yeah. I, I but there's there's um the biggest danger in that is that I think a, a lot of stuff has changed and I've talked to a lot of experts on both sides of that argument the people in the WHO the NIH and people on the opposite side some popular names that have openly been vocal about their thoughts on this 
it the most thing that it damaged it was people's trust in these institutions that they're supposed to hold high. You know, when we get to a point like this now where medical stuff is being questioned, and I do believe in medical stuff and anything related to certain things, but it's people that aren't being able to do their job correctly because of the fact that they have someone above them telling them this is what they need to do. And that is a danger. And that's not just in the medical field. That's in the science field as well, too. There's a whole research study called Research Integrity. And the reason why is because when someone is doing a study, look at the tobacco industry in the beginning of when that history started, when they started paying people who were doing studies saying, actually, smoking is good for you. And it's like all – and we had commercials where it's a baby smoking a cigarette because the tobacco industry paid so much money to these scientists and funded their research projects to do a study about this. And now it's a conflict of interest. You can't go against the people that are funding your study or they're going to put your research away from you. You want to research into it and figure out the truth, but now you have to blend studies and now you're academically challenged because it's going against your integrity as a scientist and a researcher. It happens with journalism and media as well too. That is the dangerous relationship and the only people that have really suffered besides the people that are put in those situations is the general public. No wonder the information is so disconnected and people are looking for answers with anything that basically comes on the screen is because they have a sliver of trust. But I mean, in the next five years at this rate, it's going to be gone. But you see, you see, Robin, um, the fact that I cannot say the words is weird. Are, is we living in, are, are we living in democracy? Nah, I mean... <laughs> That's a shady – see, I believe deep state, and people don't like that word. But I think when I, I believe in it also. I believe we, when we define it I, – I mean it, deep state gets a really bad rep on things, but I say it's a really bad relationship with a thing called capitalism that everyone knows about, but also things like intelligence agencies. I can't tell you what the CIA is doing. I can't tell you what the FBI is doing. I can't tell you what the NSA or the 15 other agencies that are involved. There's just – a lot of things that start happening, and I've looked into government past, and it's been a big focus for me, and you could pull a lot out of the 70s and 60s in the United States history, but it's just people that get put in positions of power that abuse the hell out of it, and that's a really dangerous thing because who's fit to be a leader? And honestly, in my opinion, no one is in fit to be the person that makes the decision for anybody, no man, no woman, no whatever you identify as. It's just – it's corrupting. And when you have these types of things, it gets into people would label things like I had to look into what Islam was because I my United States has shamed it. So I talked to a guy about Islam. I started understanding it more. I'm like, oh, God, like that's so bad that that's how you guys were mistreated after 9-11. And I kind of dive into a little more agree or disagree, but you have to have the conversation about it. And when you start taking advice, which I think now at this point in our country and not just our country, but around the world. When you ask for a second opinion, you're going to find anything that fits your viewpoint. So when you're looking for the truth, I don't think you're going to be able to get the truth because even if it is given to you, will people trust it? And it brings up to a real point of we need to have the conversations. We need to go back to a point where people like researchers like yourself and scientists are able to also speak to me as a scientist but also speak to me as a friend to where we can get to this communication aspect and then we can – talk about like some subjects jokingly or we're able to share our feelings in real time there is we, once we we arrive to the truth uh, we are dead i mean mentally dead there is no one has the truth 
so and this is why life is so exciting our aim always is to is to search for the truth and we have some parts of the truth here and there and there and there and our work and our mission is to to not take any word as it is given from heaven you know just to have a to to to, to take to look back to analyze and to see hmm, here there's you know it's the logic the critical thinking this is what I always say. I don't take any word for granted and as if it is the heavenly words, but to look, there is very good things in every word and the truth will be always by collecting things. You know, there's no one truth, just God, if you believe in him. When it comes to research integrity, what is a safety net that you've noticed? Because there's a real political outcast that happens in academia and much of the world it happens too but one example is the robertson panel that that is my last name but it's a historical example of uap researchers that were labeled as conspiracy or tinfoil hat or nut jobs because they were looking into uaps whether you believe in them or not and the danger of that was some of those well one i think i i know about that did kill himself because he was publicly shamed for being i mean he had a whole career in academia as a good researcher and then he does this and then he gets shamed and made fun of and never able to really work in the field again and next thing you know he takes his own life. that's a real danger yes well um this is what i tell you there's no there's no freedom if you don't think like the um, i don't know why listen if you are a scientist the, the 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 message even the mission of a scientist is to be open to all the subjects, no? To all the possibilities, to to pros and cons, to take consideration of all the uh, if, if that, if that, if that, if that. But the, the can you imagine that scientists are so conservative? I remember that this is the first, in the, our first podcast, we talk about that, you and me, that they cannot accept that you think out of the box. And this is what happened in the last two years also in the medical research and this is what will always happen and i this is what and why i always question this uh, rapid invasion of the uaps and this opening and those very conservative astrophysicists who were mocking all the other people who were talking about uaps are now not talking any word i'm so septic and this is where I do converge with your idea about that this is something go governmental. When it comes to, are they showing it as much over there as they're showing it over here? I don't know how what other countries' news broadcasts of UAPs are. Yeah, they are saying that there's one here, one there. Now, friends, you know that we are having a lot of problems, interior problems about you know uh, manifestation, demonstrations, and stuff. So yeah. Man what do we mean by manifestation, like an actual alien? A demonstration, sorry, demonstrations uh, on the streets. We have a lot of riots and uh, people are burning uh, garbages on the street. It has been like one week or two weeks is against it, a low. Is yeah. it po possible that I heard I heard this theory about UAPs by um, John Halperin, and I've heard it a couple of times now since, but he talked about us projecting it out of us, not like an actual physical, like broadcasting it out of us. But I mean, influencing your mind as such, eventually there's a thing called willing it into the universe. And I don't believe and subscribe to that. But if you literally create 
this idea of paranoia in your own head or you start thinking so much about something, it's kind of like buying a Jeep and then you notice everybody has a Jeep. Collective, uh, collective hallucination or whatever for the brain. We don't know the brain, how it works. Well, I, I wish it was real because I've been thinking about them since the age of eight. You really want aliens to be real? I don't want that. Yeah, yeah. I would... And I want to be abducted and I want to oh, see God. them and I want to talk uh, with no. them. I want, Have you I ever want seen to Mars Attacks? Yeah, of course. But when they take the head off, that's it for me. Uh -uh, I ain't doing that. <laughs> no, no, no. Who told you that it's going to be like this? I don't know what it would be like, to be honest with you. I don't even know what they what they would look like. But our stories that have been influenced in culture are not good about it. Yeah, well, the hell stories. Create your own. <laughs> Wouldn't you want to go and find aliens first before you they came to us? Would you prefer that they came to us first? Um, I don't have any preparation, but I'm calling them. Come, I'm here. I've been calling you since the age of eight. Come here. Yeah. Well, if if they come to us, mean that they are more developed than us. So uh, we need a lot of time yet to go and and to go and travel to other planets or galaxies if we are going to continue to use the same way of travel. But if we find like to create a black hole to go to another black hole to travel into the wormhole, yeah, maybe. Or disintegration, yeah. Do you believe do you like believe in a multiverse theory? I don't believe in in science, so I don't That's use right, the word yeah. believe. <laughs> um I think it's possible. You mean how many verse? How many universe you you want? I don't. I I couldn't give you a number, but to think that there's another universe out there that might be similar to this one, where there might be a me and you doing the same exact podcast, but I'm in Paris and you're in Maryland. Well, there is a very. This is a very beautiful question. Do you know? Do you have? Well, I will be. I will be killing my. Um, well, this is a discussion between you and me, okay? Yeah, we're friends. So, I've known yeah, you four friends. years now. Yeah. I will be visiting you. I hope we so. We will do a live, yeah. Uh, well, I I have a lot of theory, but, you know, you know, theory stays theory. But let me talk about Janus, the model of Jean-Pierre Petit. He says that, you know, we have a mass, a positive mass. You have a positive mass. You have a mass. You exist maybe in a negative mass. Can you imagine? This is your your parallel, uh, parallel mirror. You know, yeah. You, you, yeah, your mirror. So yeah, maybe this is a possibility. But I, I have another idea that I like, um, that we exist in, this is an idea, a theory, of, of the mind, of my mind, okay? A mathematical theory, you know? Uh, that for each line of time, you know that we are in the space-time. For each space-time, there is a us, a story of us. So we all exist in several space-time. Is this the A-B world hypothesis? <laughs> oh, God. Maybe some kind. I've heard of it. No, it makes a lot of sense. There's like a past that existed and then there's the present exists and the future also exists at the same time. Also same time. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. I've had that discussion ooh, way back in the beginning of this show. Um, 
it's an interesting I, I like I look at it kind of like you know when you stick up a mirror next to another mirror and there's like a million of you going down a line I kind of look at this and I go your brain is so sensitive I feel like there's a way that if you and I've gotten to like quantum a bunch of, I forgot what the name of the thing is John Joe McFadden is the guy's name but I asked him I go do you think it's possible that you can think so much into something that when you overanalyze something you can literally make yourself and snap your own reality and he goes what and I go there's times where people can literally shatter their own reality we all live in our realities and everyone you know we all go by one but a lot of people tend to live in their own little worlds and realities and tend to spend a lot of time up here i go your brain is so powerful that there's times where if you analyze memory you think of something when you think of that memory you change it a little bit when you pull it back to remember it i start going you'll start remembering things that didn't happen or all these other types of or thinking something happened and ed editing and changing it which then it becomes reality where it's like taking like mushrooms or acid or something. People have these horrible hallucinations. I think you can do that normally if you just really try and like go deep into your mind on a lot of aspects. Like it's why people do that. So if you can mess with your reality like that, I mean, I still like to stay in the conclusion of this, but I feel like if you can warp your reality like that and maybe even change like shadowy figure syndrome where people see shadowy figures and things of this sort. I think you can do a lot of things to your body where you start hearing like encounters that people have. I've heard stories, but I, I believe in that in some aspects. But also, I think you can really mess with your mind in a sense of not only really warping a reality, but I also think that it can be possible if you look at how we go to multiverse theory. Is there a reality that can be warped in its own physically and actually with science, we can actually mess up like throwing something into a black hole? Would a nuke in a black hole warp a reality? Would it tear a fabric? I think when you ask these questions and you start kind of – I'm not thinking about it, but you look at what you can do to your own mind, it's similar in an aspect of like – I don't know if that's making sense, but – you can shatter your own reality at the same time we can physically shatter reality in a potential possible way with a, con a concursion event so i'm just like examining that sorry and who who no it's okay but who tells you that those aliens do not exist in the other reality of yours in a different frequency i think a lot of a lot of those ideas and things like when i was talking about projections out of us i think that could be a possibility that we're projecting these kind of i don't know if they're hallucinations or not i don't think they're hallucinations if everyone can see them but there's a lot of like various degrees of what's going on when people see sightings of uaps there's some that look different than others and i start going we are now in a where the discussion is being had more but also there's more sightings than ever i start saying there's a lot of people that are hopping on the boat for it and there's a lot of people that are there's, a, there's such varying degrees of ships where I'm like, is it all the same species or are we dealing with multiple species? And I start going, we're just creating it at this point now, which I think there is real, could be government tech, could be real aliens, could be this. I don't know. But there's just so many different options to choose from. You know, my opinion, my really my personal opinion, and it, it can be what it, it, it values, you know, it, uh, um, it is a mixture of everything. I'm, what I agree. is sad... Yeah. What is sad is that the real people who really sees aliens, really, they are conscious. They didn't took any kind of drug or they are not, they are really see them and they took them, they try to take them, they really see UFOs or whatever, are really scammed or are really 
took over by people who didn't see anything, but they are just, you know, drank a little bit or took something hallucinogen and they are imagining. So it goes with those and they are the governmental uh, stuff. And this is a mixture of, of three. And this is sad because the real person who really saw things and they are sure about it, they are the whole families who reported and no one took them seriously. And then you have the government who will release like 20 UAP in one day. Come on. You know, it's... have you ever reached out to anybody that has had an experience? I tried. Uh, you know, they are they are afraid. People in Europe, especially, as I am an astrophysicist, they are afraid that I will mock them. I have some friends I could connect you with if you wanted to hear their experiences. They've done episodes on my show and have openly said it before. It's interesting to me because there, there, there's so much detail in it where I go, either you spent years working on this story or you actually experienced something and i don't know what that is and even they don't jump the gun and say it was aliens or any they don't see anybody just something that they see that they can't describe that they've never seen before and to me those stories are always just interesting because at first in my mind's government tech but then at the other time i start going but well, if he's seeing it and it, there's something that just randomly like my buddy lives in alaska just randomly goes over the mountains and you never see it again and it's just like, what is that? I have no idea what's going on over there, but it's interesting to talk about. And I think that discussion should be had. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, talking about Alaska. Everyone is saying that there is something there on the South Pole or something like this. So everyone, if everyone is saying that, why not preparing like an exhibition for 20 person? Let us go and see what's going there. Exactly. Everyone is saying that. Everybody's what? interested in Alaska. Y yes, but let us go, us people, curious, you know, podcasters, scientists. Why? You got the government interested in Alaska. You got the Chinese government interested in Alaska. You got the UK government interested in Alaska. I was like, "There's no way. That's like controversial territory to step." Am in. I? Am I allowed to ask why? Because uh, in international law, that'll be the answer. Why they are all interested in Alaska? I don't know. That's a point that's like uh, it's like untouched ground. Why? Because <laughs> it's just unbearable to do anything there besides like live in a polar base that could lose supplies. This is moment. not an answer that will uh, feed my curiosity. Yeah. Why don't we have a telescope <laughs> over there? Exactly. I feel like that would be like really good when you don't have to worry about like ozone or anything like that because there's been nothing that's been polluting over there. The The, the atmospheric humidity. No, but you can't. I know the answer. You can't. You can't put a station of observation there. Why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's the thing. Is I'm being lied to again. Dang. That's the issue is that like what you just did where you said you don't know. A lot of people wouldn't say that. A lot of people would just keep going with it. And there's also a real big shame right now with asking questions. I have never seen that in my life and throughout my education career, I was never shamed for supposed to be shamed for asking a question, but I found that a lot as I got older, when I ask a question, so either people just tune out because they don't like the question or they yell at you for saying what the question was and give you their response to it real quick. And it's like, what happened to just curiosity? Why they are? No, there is no stupid, neither wrong question. There will be always stupid and wrong answer. <laughs> 
do you find that when you do your like videos on Instagram, do you find that you're getting a lot of good reception from a lot of people that are generally interested in the information? Yes, yes. But what I'm really, I'm really sad about is um, uh, I cannot. At the beginning of your video, you started to to say that people are interested in astrophysics and in the domain and uh, young people. And uh, yes, uh, I cannot give courses on on the internet and in the in the small videos. And people are asking me, you know, they send me small questions uh, in the messenger, uh, private messages, but I cannot answer to everyone. Like after each one minute and a half or three minutes uh, video that I post, I have like ten questions. So people are so interested because in the way I, I present it so, so easy and very easy to be understood and very fun way. And people are eager to know more and more. I think that people are so angry against me <laughs> because I don't answer. But if I really need to answer every question and because I'm passionate, I, I really want to answer in a very good way. It will take me like an hour to answer every question. So this is why I don't, yeah, go ahead. Have you ever thought about doing videos like that, a lot longer versions on YouTube where you can break down and get maybe a poll from like certain audiences or some of your listeners and see if they can put some questions together to answer in one giant segment and be able to break it down? It's a, I thought about it, but uh, I, I used to do this in, on YouTube and I saw that it was not so very well watched. And um, when it was less than three minutes, I was hitting more audience. So a 15 minutes video is not watched. It, it's really interesting. Three minutes video, it is watched. I can relate. I do like two hour episodes and that's, uh, it's, it's the attention span thing, but putting it on Spotify or uh, podcast platforms, I can help you get started with that, but it would be, you get a lot more listens because sometimes people want to turn off their phone and be able to listen still to the thing you can't really do that on youtube unless you pay mm. yeah you're right you're right you got tiktok right. right yeah i have tiktok i put it on tiktok also tiktok's pretty popular for short videos yeah yeah i, I but this is why I, this is how i knew that short videos tiktok is like they are really my they, they see the it's what's the important thing is the information you know and what it's useless if I do 20 minutes and I just have 16 people views. But if I do it three minutes, I have 1,080, 2,000, you know? Yeah, that's an attention span thing. I haven't found the solution to that yet. But the open, I like how you want people to have the information because that's how I view some things too when it comes to like, like the film I'm working on and everything with the JFK stuff. I don't want to charge a cent for it. I just want the public to have the information because I think it's important that they do have that. And I think I don't gain any penny. That's that takes a lot of, you know, a lot of people wouldn't do that. There's a lot of people that sell out to a certain way. And I respect Avi Loeb. I respect any of the researchers I've talked to alien wise or unalien wise, but everybody's wrote a book about it and they've made a lot of money about it. I mean, even the skeptics that go and try and debunk it. And I've had them on here. They just, it's like, at this point, it's just like, guys, like, what do you, can I get your real honest opinion? Cause I can't pull down the cloak from like their face sometimes. Yeah. I, I have friends, real friends. They really love me and they care about me. And, and they are saying, they, they, they always tell me, but Serene, you spend a lot of time, you know, I, I write in Arabic, in French, in, in English and to prepare the segment, you know, I, I, I do three pages to prepare like three minute segments or one minute and a half. And I do it in a way and everything is very well prepared. 
and don't you want to get monetized, do something? I said, no, I have like cosmos within everyone's reach. And this is my, my mission. Yeah. Have you ever been offered by anybody to be able to do your own station or show or something like that? Like a certain, besides like a couple minutes on a, a network, but a, a lot longer version? Well, I, you know, as I'm, I'm tragically what happened in Lebanon and Beirut, and um, I was terminated with my former university when I was an astronomer and I had to leave Lebanon. Now I'm in France and I'm trying to find my marks again. Uh, no, not yet. <laughs> not yet. That's a shame because they could definitely benefit from someone like yourself. Being I know, I know. Why, why, why Cosmos with, within every reach? Because I was lucky to to be able to to study the cosmos and i want everyone to to learn what i learned and to transmit to to give to share my knowledge so the cosmos is in with the reach of everyone everyone who will listen to me what do you think would be your main get for audiences about the cosmos? Do you think it is a lot of that planetary alignment and things that people can actually see in this like I noticed like I, I always look at this window when I talk to you because that's the window. Like we first did our first episode. You probably don't know this, but our first episode we did together, we were talking a lot about astrology. There was a couch behind me and I was sitting on the couch and we didn't did no video. It was just audio. But I was staring out that window because you're talking about the stars. And you told me when you were a little girl, you used to look out through a telescope. Yes. When is that? So I think about that a lot. But when we're looking at the stars, I before I mentioned you, I don't see them as much anymore. I just I'd be going out there the past month now. I see the stars a little bit more, and I was like, "What is like that's so weird?" It's not planes because they're not blinking, but I've noticed like before it was a lot harder to see them. I don't know if my eyesight got better. I feel like it's gotten worse, but I start noticing it a little bit more. Yeah, it's your head because normally uh, we have more light pollution. Like uh, four years ago, I'm sure that around you, there are more and more uh, buildings, light, uh, lead light and stuff. So normally you had to see them less, but it's your brain who woke up. And this is what I want to do. I want to, to, to ask the people to have hope, uh, a light in their eyes and always look up to the sky because the cosmos is for everyone and it's free. <laughs> now, when you want people to have hope or awoke a little bit, is that just the the interest in space? The kind of having once you start like we're having this discussion, this is going to be beneficial for a lot of people. But there's just the discussion about space, like my interest in black holes. I've been diving down the rabbit hole for like a probably almost like three weeks now, just looking into the sounds of them, learning more about them, trying to understand what it exactly is. I've talked to people in the past about it, but I've never really truly understood it until I kind of got to that point. And I think people can get to those things over supernova. Uh, over solar flares, over just planetary alignments, over different shades. You can get without going to the astrology route. You can get it to a scientific. No, way. I will not talk about astrology. Who said that? Um, actually, we we talk we talked one. We had a podcast podcast with you to explain to you that they were wrong. You remember? Yeah, that was the first one. Yeah, the first we went one. through the 12 houses, the 12 houses. Yeah, I didn't know there was 12. they are not 12. They were not 12. They're 13. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, so um, actually, um, the, the my love of the space is a passion. So for any for anyone to, to do, I really wish for anyone to, to, to work in, in a passion. This is first. Second, the space for me, when I talk space, is freedom, beauty discoveries, uh, innovation, 
creativity, art, um, uh, uh, grandiosity. Um, I don't know. It's, it's it's like a museum. It's archaeology. It's the past, the present, and the future. When I talk about space, it's the cosmos itself. It can be cosmology, it can be planetology, it can be exoplanet, interstellar medium, uh, circumstellar science. I'm not talking about one topic uh, specifically. What, why I'm so interested in, in, in the space, it's because it's life. You know, um, for what do you want me to be interested in? It, it's very interesting to to create the the maquillage, the makeup. We use it. We need it. But I'm not how excited! Oh yeah, I know. I know. You know, <laughs> you know I have to work a lot to to be handsome. I'm like sure you look perfect without it. So yeah, but I put some. It Listen. looks good. It looks really good. Thank you. So, uh, um, but what? How beautiful is it to search for extraterrestrial life, extraterrestrial planets? Why that? Like a doctor, like a medical doctor, uh, believe it or not, every human being, every person is afraid of death. Not me, but in general. So the fact to be a researcher, to find, to search for life elsewhere, is a way to think that, I don't know, this is how I see it. Well, to think what is beyond death for humanity. I'm not thinking about myself, about my little body of nothing. For the future of the humanity, it is the mission of the human being to, uh, to be able to continue the human race. And this is fantastic. For me, the Earth is just a point. The solar system is so small, and we have to go beyond. Yeah. I think expanding out is important, but I think understanding who oneself is. I think you can best probably get that if you found – I think you can find that with people, understanding from another person who they are. We can. And... We don't choose. It's, it goes in parallel. What do you mean? It goes in parallels. Yeah, we cannot. We, we don't have to choose. Yeah. And when I, yeah, what, go ahead. When it goes to understanding oneself, though, I feel like you can learn from oneself if you understand another individual. Too many people spend too much time in isolation without communicating with each other. We spent a lot of that the past couple of years in isolation in our own little bubbles. It's comfortable and it's safe. But I've noticed that a lot more now, like going out with friends or something. Nobody wants to go out and do things. Everyone wants to just stay at home and do what they've been doing. Uh, and I'm the exoplanet generation. My generation, the people under like 27 or whatever, are like the exoplanet generation. I don't agree with you, but it depends how how I I agree with you that you are the exoplanet generation. But I don't agree with you is on on one point: staying alone, doing things that you like, like just to be alone is something. Staying alone to go and search within yourself how to be a better person to understand the other is different um well isolation is important for oneself yes, but yes. it's it, it can't be like that all the time that's the of issue. course uh -huh. why you isolate do you isolate to run to run from others or you isolate to to be approaching and be more closer to the others trust me trust me you cannot be 
no, trust me, you will be more, you'll be closer to other people once you know yourself very well by isolating and, and be naked with yourself. When you are naked with yourself, completely naked mentally, and you you cried and you laughed, you know, your up and downs, your good and bad, your power and your weak points. And yeah, uh, you meditate, you, you pray. If you pray, uh, you laugh with yourself, you read, you paint, you do, and then you can go and know the other, learn from the others. But if you just say, stay by yourself, just to do your your shit, I mean, your things. No, it's not a way to know the yourself, neither the other, yeah. I think most people want to get lost in something, not get lost with themselves. And that's a dangerous thing. When I mean yeah. get lost yeah. with oneself, yeah, there's yeah. too many people in my generation that are like in an existential crisis that's like, oh my God, I don't know what I want to be in. And, you know, I think you can find an interest that you can get lost into. It's just about also finding a sense of reality as well, too, because you can spend a lot of time in your hobbies. I think it's important, but you don't want to make that your whole life as well, too. It's a little bit difficult, but it's, I don't know. People are complicated. You know, every individual walks their own steps in life. Yes. Well, the word lost in, in, in being lost in yourself, I don't like it because there is lost. And uh, I agree, totally agree with you that uh, people nowadays, they just, they don't want to be digging in thyself. They want to get lost in themselves. And this is very important. And uh, why they do this? Because they want to run away from themselves. When they, you know, it's just, yeah, yeah, they want to run away. I know several friends, people I used to love, people that I love, I care about. They cannot stay alone without getting lost in themselves. And you know what I mean? I do. Mm. And this is, yeah. Through like a lot of your like journey, I would say the past year and a half, more since the last time we talked, do you feel like you ever got lost at some points? No. You you were on the right path the whole time? Uh, I don't get lost, but I doubt. Doubt is like one of the most crippling things. Everyone experiences it. Yeah, I never, no, I never, never. And it's not like by obligation. It's, um, and this is, you know, um, I. It, it's funny that you are asking me this question. I spoke with my brothers uh, the last, last week and I told them, um, sometimes I'm afraid. Uh, I was asking myself, because I, I suffered a lot this year and a half, hmm? And um, with my job and I changed job and anyway, so, and I told them, listen, I'm wondering when I will collapse <laughs> and when I get lost, when I will, you know, some, I no, not yet because um, I spend a lot of time with myself, not lost in myself, with myself. I write a lot. I am in action and there is, um, and pyramid that I always draw, that is body, mind, and soul. Uh, I really, I do, I go to the gym, I do sports. It's it's like, um, it's an obligation. It's really very important. First thing I do when I wake up is go to the gym. Exactly. Or, or, or in the afternoon, but I have to do it four times a week. And this is why I really suggest everyone, I'm not giving lessons, but to be able to do an action, you have to be in a good shape. 
like the Greek person used to say that the good the good mind is in a good shape uh, body. Well, it's healthy mind, happy body. No, healthy mind, happy. Yeah, healthy mind, happy body. Happy body. Uh, yes. Exactly, because if you don't feel uh, uh, comfortable with your body, you cannot go and do your interviews. You, you know, it's not that stupid. It's not that uh, shallow. And then for me, it's really very important. It keeps, you know, and then the endorphin and then, you know, you feel very well. And then you see people, you meet people and mind, body. Uh, mind, body and soul. So the mind, you see people, you discuss and the soul. Do whatever you want, but keep your soul clean. So those are my three piliers in my life. It's a good structure. Yeah. The working out for me is the big one. That's a that's a must too before I can even it's eighty percent important. And I see it when I don't do it, even if my life going very well. When I don't do gym for like two weeks or three weeks, if I have a lot of work like the conference conferences or or job or I, I I'm not okay. So yeah, gym, 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 running, whatever. It's the body. We have just only one vessel for this 80, 100 year or whatever. We have to take care of it. I find nature is a good one for me too, mentally wise. Um, the gym does a lot for me, but being able to sit out in like a, a beach chair or something like that under a nice tree. I passed out yesterday in a beach. <laughs> I fell asleep. Thank God I had sunglasses on because I was staring at the sun the whole time and that really would have hurt my vision. But yes. Do you ever have any mental breaks when it's just kind of like you find something to be able to reset, whether it's reading a book or whether it's working on an next project? I mean, you put a lot. I see the writing that you just pulled, you showed on air a second ago for the amount of work that you do for like just being able to do a three minute video in different languages. That's more than a lot of people would do. So I'm just curious if you're, do you have free time for being able to relax, stare at the stars and do certain things? Well, this is why every two months I go to the beach in Beirut. I love the beach. I love the sun. I think that if there is, if reincarnation exists, I was, uh, I don't know, a dolphin or, a, 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 you know, um, I love the beach. I love the sun. Um, I think that I'm, I have to change country or to change city. <laughs> I think we're, yeah. we're the opposite in that. I live in a beach, had a beach town. So that's been my whole Right out that window is the ocean. Right out there is the bay. So that's been my whole life for 25 years. I could tell you I'm ready for some mountains or something. Oh, really? Oh, God. I did jet skis for like seven years. Oh, I was almost God. killed on a jet ski, too. No, this is not good. But yeah. <laughs> you know what, what? Once I, you know, I, I went to Beirut. I landed. It was a surprise for my parents last week. I said, hello. Ah, and then I really drove to the beach. Three days. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> It's that ocean just, air does something to you. I don't know no, what it is. No, I, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's I, I don't know why. I think that I was a fish before. <laughs> <laughs> it's got more oxygen it gives off than trees do. So I always smell it every time I open up my front door. It's fresh salt water, just fills up your lungs, clears everything out if you're congested or anything. I, you know, come I, here and we'll go to the how... beach. Yeah, I told you I will come. I I'm will not. Come. I'm not getting in the water though. I haven't been in the water in years. Not happening. Really? I, just... I, I swam in a very cold water last week in Beirut. <laughs> yeah, I was feeling, you know, tickling. <laughs> um, it's yeah, the ocean for me. Like, I'll be more than happy to sit and get a tan on the beach. But I actually, honestly, need a tan. Uh, and and otherwise, I I I cry. I, I, it, it's okay to, to, 
to show that you're vulnerable sometimes. But yes, um, when you know when when I I I cry when I do a lot a lot a lot, and people think that I don't know that they are um, lying or doing a bad coup against me. I know, I see it. I just let it pass, you know? So, yeah. I can't I can't admit to the crying thing because I am a, a male guy, man. So males uh, don't cry. We're not supposed to talk about it if we do. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. I, 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 it's I, fine I to cry. That. Trust me. I, there's plenty of people. I think a lot of people, I mean, at times, you know, you get low. I think mostly when it's overwork. When you end up having so many things that are too much input and not enough output, you know, when you feel like you're just crushing under a lot of things, and that's like everybody Unbalance. on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. What, it, it is a question of balance, conservation of energy. Well, Dr. Serene, we've only, we've only been talking two hours. Do you want to promote where people can find your links? Yeah, it's uh, on Instagram, Neme, C-Y-R-I-N. E N E H M E on Twitter, uh, Dr. Siri Neme, the same on YouTube, Dr. Siri Neme Astro channel. And help me, this is oh, on TikTok, Dr. C Astro. And this is it. And I'm going to link all those in the description. It's been a pleasure chatting with you again and seeing you again. I missed you. It's been a while. Um, yeah, love you. And everybody, thank you for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank podcast and stay tuned for our next episode.